Welcome to the Making Meaningful Income podcast, where a job is not just a job, where we refuse to settle for mediocrity, and where you're just one thought away from creating an extraordinary life. Only you can decide what's possible, but you've got to be willing to do what it takes. Find out what your life could be with your host, Andrew Cipriano. And welcome to episode 10. This went really fast for me. It's already been two and a half months of releasing episodes and it's just flying by. Um, so today to celebrate episode 10, double digits, woo woo, we're going to do a little special thing where I invite someone in my life on. His name is Jack and he's going to tell us about how he makes meaningful income, why it's meaningful to him, and we're going to go into all these details about what meaningful income looks like in a real world example. So I hope you guys are excited. His name is Jack Lewandowski. He is a flight attendant right now, but in the past, I met him at the psychiatric hospital when I was working there, um, and he did—he was a recreational therapist. So we're going to talk about what that is, why it's meaningful, how flight attendant is meaningful, how it fits into what he wants his life to look like, and with no further ado, here we go. Enjoy, guys. All right, so today is one of the episodes where I have people in my life get on the podcast and talk about what they're doing for meaningful income. So today I have a very special guest. His name is Jack. How do you say your last name? Lewandowski. Oh, that was a hard one. Jack Lewandowski. Uh, we worked at the psychiatric hospital together. And also we found out that he literally lives like four houses down from me. Um, so we've been friends for like a little over a year and he's going to introduce himself. So tell us something about you, Jack. Yes. So my name is Jack. Um, I am currently 24 years old. I went to Central Michigan University, got a degree in recreational therapy. Cool. So people probably don't know what that is. Um, um, I didn't until I started working at the psych hospital. So could you tell us kind of what yes. that degree is and how yes. long it took? So recreational therapy is a degree that is similar to like occupational therapy, physical therapy, everything like that. But it focuses on using recreational based skills in the form of improving mental health, coping skills. A lot of people confuse rec therapy with, like I said, occupational therapy. They're very different. All right, so could you explain to us the difference between rec therapy and occupational therapy? Yes, so occupational therapy more focuses on like activities of daily living. So like, you know, going to the bathroom, you do that every day. Going shopping, you do that almost every day. Cooking, you do that every day. That's what occupational therapy focuses on. Where recreational therapy, we use recreational-based skills. Like, let's say someone was quadriplegic and they wanted to go fishing. We would have to come up with a way to have them go fishing. Oh, so and, you, they'd and, still live their life and you just yes. come up, you help them kind of fill in the blanks. And, and like adapt. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then rec therapy is? And rec therapy is where we use, like I said, recreational based okay, activities. So, so like in the hospital when I worked there, they would do all sorts of games. They would like kind of do music therapy and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So each day we had a you know, different topics. So like coping skills, managing emotions, and we would tie each one onto that topic. Some activities would be lighter. Some of them would be deeper. Um, I tended to do a lot of more of the deeper activities with coping skills because there's a lot you can do with coping skills. So let's talk about um, how long did it take you to get the degree for rec therapy and what are the options in that degree? Can you go further, get a doctorate? Like yes. What, what so it took me four years to get the deg- degree. So it's a bachelor's degree in rec therapy. In 
rec therapy. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> um, so three years of classwork and then the last semester or last two semesters are an internship. So you go to two, one or two different sites. Um, I chose to do two just because I learned better hands on. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you wanted to get a job with that degree, what exactly could you do in your experience? Um, you could work in physical medicine rehab. So I work, my first internship was at the Detroit Medical Center. Okay. So I worked there um, in rehab. And then I worked at our psych hospital that we worked at. That was my second internship. And then also you can work at a nursing home where you're an activity director. Um, you, there's so many things you can do. You can work in the school. You can work like with the counseling and everything. And then I know you did private rec therapy, right? Where individuals will hire you. Yes. And so, you can charge insurance for that? Yes. So I also, yes, I also did um, private duty. So basically I went to clients' houses and took them out into the community. Okay. So what, what can you do other than a bachelor's degree? And if you want to get a rec therapy degree, where could you go from that if you wanted so, more education? So what I know is pretty much is if you want to teach, like if you want to be a professor, that's when you would get your PhD. And then what about a master's? Is there a master's in rec therapy? There, there is, but there's not much that you can do with the master's. A okay. batch, like a bachelor's is good if you're just wanting to, you know, be a rec therapist. I, I guess, I guess a master's you could get if you want to be like a supervisor in rec therapy. Okay. But could you do that without just... You could if okay. you just with experience, but okay. um, if you want to go like all the way for the PhD doctorate, then probably like the education route where you teach at a university. Okay. And then um, we're going to talk really candidly about money on this podcast. So like, what did you make in your jobs as a rec therapist? If you don't mind. Me. So I, let's see, this was a year and a half ago already. I'm trying to think. Um, I made $23 an hour at the hospital that I, we worked at. And then at DMC, how much did you make? Nothing, because I was an intern. What would they have made, paid you if you weren't working there? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, so the average you think is about somewhere in the low 20s range starting? Yes, yeah, 23, 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, psych is definitely the highest paying, really? I'd say. Yes. Okay. Like, Because I worked, like I said, in geriatrics for three years when I was going to school. Like, I was an activity aide. And what did they pay you? there feel it was more like just a little bit over minimum wage so like okay. 12 13 14 and that's with a four-year degree yes yeah that's right and then if you're the activities director it may go up to like 17 18 okay you know, so no it's so important to talk about that stuff because mm -hmm. a lot of people go into the helping professions and they get a four-year and then they almost don't even they don't get paid more. Yeah, because like, I thought I was going to be in geriatrics the whole time. Like, I loved working with older adults. I loved, you know, I, I thought that was going to be it. And then I found out, you know, it just doesn't pay well. Okay. So let's talk about um, this whole podcast is about making meaningful income. And to me, meaningful income is just something that provides you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. It's not... A lot of people think that your job should be focused and then you plan your life around your job. But I think meaningful income is the complete opposite. You plan on what life you want to have and then you find a job that supplements that income and make sure you're getting paid enough um, and satisfies you on a meaningful level. So um, what did you like about rec therapy? Was it actually a fulfilling job to you? Would you recommend it to people that are in their, yes. you know, 18, 19? Yes. So I definitely would because uh, let me back up yep. to one of the questions you said before because I just thought of something. Um, when I... 
thought of doing rec therapy. I didn't even know what it was myself. A lot of people don't. So yeah, it took me a while I, to learn what it is. Like I didn't even know what it was. I went into Central wanting to be a special education okay. teacher. Like that was what I was doing. I was going to be a high school special ed teacher. And then I took one semester of teaching courses and realized I did not want to be a teacher. Like, okay. I did not want to be in the education field. What did you not like about that? Just so people have some information. I just, I, I don't know. I saw how our current education system is right now. And like, you know, just teachers aren't, they, they don't, they don't get the credit that they, that they deserve. So okay. it's like, you know, I just didn't see, and I, I was going to be stuck doing one thing for the rest of my life. Cause with teaching, there isn't really any wiggle room. Yeah. A lot of people end up as teachers from other degrees and mm -hmm. backgrounds. So it's kind of like, yeah, you can always do that now as a rec therapist. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you could go find someone. To yes, teach exactly. And like, you know, I have more flexibility with rec therapy where I can do, I can work in psych. I can work in geriatrics. I, I, I thought the private was really cool that you did private practice. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, what did you get paid to do the private practice? Uh, that I got paid a little more, but I also had to pay my own taxes because so it was a uh, 1099. It was so, 1099. Oh, right. yeah, so it was 44 an hour. See, that's good, um, though. I plus just, $20 of drive time there and back. Okay, so this is an important thing because a lot of people go into degrees and they think all I can do is make the $23 an hour. But really, if you hustle and you find your own clients, like mm -hmm. you can make $50 an hour. You know, yeah. you can make – I'm sure there's rec therapists out there who make six figures a year. Mm -hmm. So just for anyone who's listening to this and goes, oh, $23 an hour, I'm not going to do it or whatever. <laughs> you know, if you're creative and you believe in yourself, then it can happen. Yes. So just saying. So – for anyone that was turned off, turn back on and let's listen to how the job is meaningful. All right. So we're going to talk about um, the pros and the cons of being a rec therapist. So how, what are the pros? Anything that you liked? So like I said before, I love the flexibility of it. Like a couple, like a couple years I can work in psych with kids. And then if I decide I can change to the adult units or I can change to work with geriatrics or, you know, I just, the flexibility with it is amazing. Um, with that job. Uh, what about the impact? Do you feel like you were actually making a real impact? 100%. Because, you know, with kids especially, you know, you have to cater to their functional level because mm -hmm. kids aren't like adults. Yeah. They, with the adults, too, you have to meet them where they're at. I yes. have to cater their functional mm -hmm. level. You have to meet them where they're at and yeah. they're willing to go, especially mm -hmm. in involuntary care. Yep. Um, so what were the, the cons of the job, in your opinion? Um... I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess with any therapy job, just seeing a seeing a patient that didn't understand what we were doing and just thought that we were just playing games for no reason, like didn't actually see the true meaning of why we do stuff, because there's more than just bringing uh, Wheel of Fortune to play with them. Like we have a discussion of, you know, social skills, you know, we have, you know, it's, it's more than just playing games and groups, you know, so that's definitely one of the cons is like having, you know, and, and even professionals, you know, some of them will be like, well, you're just playing games. It's like, oh, there's a lot more to I was just, just I was going, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I like rec therapy now. I just had to learn more about it, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, so what are like the random benefits about being a rec therapist? That's kind of a weird question, but random. But what do you mean? Like, are there any benefits to that job? Like, um, with flight and you get free flights and stuff like any mm -hmm. perks of the job that most people don't have with their other jobs. Just, I mean, just, I know it's kind of a weird question. Yeah. I mean, it's like any other therapy job. It's like, 
I, I don't really know about benefits, like if we have really any perks or anything. Okay. You know, it's just, you know, a part of the, what we do. Okay. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about rec therapy for anyone who might be thinking about that or... Just going going back to the when we talked about when you can or when I was with my own clients and everything, mm -hmm. you can start your own business when you get out of college. So okay. literally you can start your own LLC when you get out of just with a bachelor's degree. And you can literally as long as you follow all the certification guidelines and everything, you can do like make your own company with it. Cool. That's awesome. I just mm -hmm. think so many people when they hear a standard hourly salary or wage from a bachelor's degree they get turned off but with any field you can make unlimited money if you're willing to get creative and, and kind of hustle yep. so and and rec therapy is a very creative like you have to be creative yeah i just hear it so often in social sciences why go get a degree if you're going to make 17 dollars an hour and it's like no you're valuing yourself at 17 dollars an hour with or without the degree like you're allowing yourself you can go find job therapists can charge more and they can have their mm -hmm. own practice and they can do social media like so just don't limit yourself just because you hear that that's what they pay in the general salary. You're going to get experience yeah. in that. And if you want more, you can have it. And if you don't want more, $23 an hour is it's livable. Exactly. Yes. Um, all right. So Jack actually quit the hospital. <laughs> how long ago? Oh, God. It was back in, I think. Well, so I quit full time back in November. Okay. And I just became per diem. What does that mean? That's uh, just as needed. You know, I just um, basically tell my boss when I can work and she puts me on the schedule. Is it contingent? Yeah, contingent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he put him contingent. Then. contingent so are you still yeah. working there? Uh, no. Okay. No, I, I officially quit in March of this March of this year, just okay. because it became too much with everything going on. Yep. So he has been a flight attendant for uh, about eight, nine months now. So very interesting. Rec therapist turned flight attendant. So <laughs> we're going to do the whole process we just did with rec therapy. We're going to do it with flight attendant. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to jump right into how much money you're making? Yeah, let's do it. So um, starting off, well, let's let's back up. Yeah, give I, them all the information about yes. pay you can get as a flight attendant. Do yes. All, all, so I started with because I've worked for two separate companies now. So the first company I worked for was a regional and it didn't pay very well, um, to be honest, just because it was a smaller airline. It was, so you know, how was, much did you get paid and then explain what a regional is? It was I think it was nineteen dollars an hour um, plus per diem when you're on overnights and everything. Everything. And basically, a regional airline is where we fly just like to on the East Coast. So like okay. we, we don't fly like from Detroit to Los Angeles. We fly from like Detroit to New York. OK. Or like Detroit to Atlanta. And, or, and then the $19 an hour, um, mm -hmm. is that like, does that include the time to get to the airport? How long you're waiting? Nope, that, what exactly is that? <laughs> so that is actually only the time that the boarding door is closed and the flight has pushed back from the gate. So even if you're, if they tell you to get here an hour before the flight, you're waiting around, you yep. don't get paid for that. Besides the per diem of $1.90 an hour as soon as we check in. Do you think it's like it's an interesting job? Is it really? Oh, 100%. It's different every day. Okay. Like day to day, you never know what can happen. Yeah, like, just like the psych hospital, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like if you had to put them on a meaning scale, I know it's hard, out of 10. Let's do out of 10. Mm -hmm. Like uh, if rec therapy, what would that be out of 10? If, how much oh, meaning it brought you into your life? Oh, 10, I'd say. Okay, and then what about flight attendant? Same, 11 actually. Really? Yeah. You like it more? I do. That's shocking to me. Yes, because I've always wanted to be a flight attendant. Like I've always thought about it, but then I went to college and then I just kind of 
forgot about it because I was busy getting my degree and everything. So, but as soon as I started doing or being a flight attendant, I absolutely love it. Um, so what do you find the most satisfying about the job? Because I don't think a lot of people would agree that that's more satisfying or meaningful than a rec therapist. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, meeting new people every day. Cause like literally the passengers that we have on the flight, we, we see them for two hours and then we never see them again. Mm -hmm. And you literally, I meet 228 passengers every flight. That and you talk to them all or a lot of them? I, I try to if they, you know, if they're awake. Right. And so some people are just, and, and it just depends on the people, you know, not everybody is on the flight to go on vacation. Right. Some people are on there not for the best reasons. Like some people may be going to a funeral, some people, you know, so you have to, you know, when, when we encounter those passengers who may be, you know, unruly and everything, you just have to just smile and say, just let them vent to you because you may be the only person that they can vent to. On a life coaching note too, this is so important. I'm going to do life coaching throughout this podcast. Nobody else can can make you feel anything. It's only your thoughts about what they say or do to you. It's always your thoughts. So like if somebody's frustrated, this happened to me at the psych hospital a lot. Patients would say really nasty things to you because you know, you're the easy target is the staff. And I'd see other staff get flustered and frustrated. And it's like, if you're in control of managing your mind, that's not going to happen. So whatever they say to Jack on the flight or if they're nasty to him, the only way he's going to feel anything about it is if he has a thought about it. Mm -hmm. He could just think to himself, they're just having a bad day. Or he could think to himself, this person's an asshole and then freak out. So mm -hmm. just so you guys know, thoughts create your emotion, your own thoughts. Nobody else could do that. So yes. very important note. And kind of how it ties to the psych hospital mm -hmm. that's kind of, that you'll appreciate too is they teach us de-escalating techniques. Oh no, management. We learned <laughs> yes. so in the psych hospital, for anyone who doesn't know, um, there's a lot of stigmas about psych hospitals and like patients getting taken down and staff being aggressive. Mm -hmm. But we do learn nonviolent holds. Mm -hmm. So you'd learn those with the flight attendant too. The holds. Yes, yeah. So, oh, we, so we, funny. we we actually have to. We have a day where we literally kind of like our NVCI. Uh -huh. like it literally is funny. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, because we. I mean, think about it. You're thirty-five thousand feet air, in the right? air. You're. You, they can't escape because you can't open the door at thirty-five thousand feet the air because you'll die yeah you'll literally get sucked out if you open the door do you have like a chair you'll strap them to if they're unruly we can't strap anybody to any of the no restraints uh, you'll see like on a plane like a bunch of people will see what's going on and they'll help us okay yeah for so. sure like I, my my training i'd be on them mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what are some things you don't like about being a flight attendant for anyone who might be wondering Let's jump to my current job that I have right now, um, where it is very different. I am not based here in Detroit, so that means that I am a commuter. So what that means for anybody who is being a flight attendant is you can choose to commute to where you are based. So a base is like, so I'm based in Atlanta, in, in Atlanta. So I have to be in my base before my shift starts. So my shift next week starts Monday at 7 a.m. So I have to be in Atlanta Sunday, the day before, just so I'm positioned, ready to go for when they call me. Um, so being on what's called reserve or on call at the very beginning, that's kind of the hardest part of this job is being on a call, you never know when you're going to get called. You never know where you're going. You just know your blocks that you're on call. So like I'm on call from seven to five Monday through Wednesday next week. So you have to be in Atlanta for those three in days. In Atlanta for those three days. What do you get paid if you don't get it? 
Uh, we get oh. so there's a guaranteed pay that we have. Um, I think it's like 72 hours that we're guaranteed um, for being on reserve. And that's like a salary. So, like, let's say you don't get called for the entire month. You still get that 72 hours. So how do you like what's the trip going to look like next week then? expected to look like and then how are you I won't paid? I I won't know a trip that I have until they call me so they can so from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Wednesday that is my call period and so they you can, have to be in Atlanta commuting mm-hmm. and you don't even know if you're gonna work exactly and then what happens if you don't work you go home then and then I go home and yep. you don't get paid for any of that I mean I I do in the salary form of 72 hours I get that okay yeah. but so it's like a salary so but what's the least amount you can make for next week uh, it's just Monday through Wednesday. I mean, literally, it's eight, sixteen, twenty-four hours is the least amount. Yeah. airport and you do get paid four out of the five hours so you sit there for five hours at the airport and you get paid four of the five hours okay. of your hourly rate um, which here it's here at my other airline it's 20 21 50 so it used to be 19 mm-hmm. and now it's 2150 yes at my current airline so you're still making at. a couple dollars less than you wear therapy yes okay but you like it mark i do he gave it the 11 out of 10 yes um so i was gonna ask if you like what random benefits do you get for the job oh we get tons of benefits Um, why should someone be a flight attendant if the if the pay is not doing it for you what else yeah i mean if you like traveling uh you can travel non-rev standby anytime you want on spirit so you can just hop on whenever go out make sure as long as the flight is not full and also i get buddy passes that i can give out to anybody um, if for anyone who wants to become a flight attendant to travel, do you actually at the job, do you feel like you're actually seeing places or are you just seeing the airports and the close hotels? And the um, right now, since I'm very junior and I'm getting kind of the bottom of the barrel yeah. for the first month. Um, yes, the first they say the first year being a flight attendant is the hardest because we have zero seniority. So basically whatever trips are left over. Cool. So for anybody, let's wrap up with flight attendant. Anybody who wants to be a flight attendant, do you recommend it? Yes, 100%. If you like to travel and if you're okay with being away from home. Okay. And you actually do see stuff kind of. Yes. Cool. That's a big question I'm sure people mm-hmm. have. They want oh, to have sure. that nomad lifestyle. So mm-hmm. cool. That's flight attendant and that's rec therapy. So the last part of the podcast I want to talk about today with all my guests I have on, I want to talk about what they believe is possible for their lives and kind of just play a little experiment so we're gonna do that if you could do anything you want all restrictions aside what would it be and why and i paused it for a second so we could (laughs) so i should give the audience the the example too so um when i said this question i mean like consider that money isn't an option doesn't matter you could live wherever you want um you could do whatever profession you want and there's no barrier to entry you still have to like use real physics and stuff like you can't just fly and um shoot lasers out of your eyes but like you know anything else that's pot i guess that's physically possible you could do. Does that make sense? Yes. So what would that be? Yes. So for me, I mean, what I'm doing right now as a flight attendant, I definitely would um, still be doing this. You could do anything. If you had like a bajillion dollars in the bank account and you had a... And and I would be able to travel anywhere because um, 
you know, traveling standby can be stressful at times. So mm-hmm. literally if I had that, it would be amazing, you know, travel the world. So I'm like, basically. I'm like literally asking you to break down all your beliefs. So like if you could literally do anything, anything. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very loaded question. It's all sorts of loaded, right? Yeah. Uh huh. What I'm doing with this question, what he thinks is I am, when, when I'm talking to people about meaningful income, everybody has beliefs about what they think is possible. So they immediately, when you ask questions like this, they have a filter over their mind on, well, I would still be a flight attendant, but I'd just make a million dollars a year. But it's like, if you could literally do any, I'm not making fun of you, you're like, <laughs> no, I know. it just seems like a gut action, like re- response. Mm. If you could do anything, like I could be a horse farmer making $3 million online, taking pictures of my horses, and I could live in Italy and Tuscany out on the coast and have a beautiful husband, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Like, it's still realistic. Like somebody out there is doing that, mm-hmm. but it's not like <laughs> I'm going to fly in, you know, right. eat clouds and whatever. I don't know. No, I, my... If I could do anything with no restrictions or anything, um, space travel. Okay. Like I always have had an interest for astronomy and space travel and everything. That would be so that's the like one the, the thing deeper that flight I, attendant. Yes, literally. It's um, it's all astronomy has always been something that I've I could talk about for hours with people. Okay. Like literally, and that's that, so funny because I talked to Hannah, my friend, the other day. I'm gonna say her name in the podcast. That's the example she gave me, and I wrote a whole worksheet about astronomy. Mm-hmm. Astrology, astrology. Wait, astronomy. which one? Which one's the science? Ast- astronomy, astronomy is, 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 is about space, Astro- like about like the f- everything. And then astrology is like, hey, my signs and areas. Yes. Yeah. Astronomy. Yes. Astronomy. Yes. She goes, there's a difference. <laughs> there, there is a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's so funny though. Um, mm-hmm. So do you believe that that's possible? Like if, if you could do that, if you for sure hundred percent knew that that was something you could do, would you do it? Oh, 100%. So yes. why wouldn't you, like, why would you look into that or do that? Just out of curiosity. Mm. I'm not attacking you or anything like that. Or no, I know. The wrong moves. Um, I don't know. I just, it, I know how expensive it is. I know like it's probably, it's like a million dollars to fly up in a rocket. <clears throat> and literally if it's. Bezos did it. Huh? Bezos did it. Yeah, and he just owns <laughs> he just owns a logistics company. Yeah, yeah, you know it's <laughs> he's he's only a millionaire, but billionaire, <laughs> billionaire for sure. Be, yeah, no, um, I don't know, and also just the fear of weightless gravity because or like no gravity up in space because I'm like. I feel like that would be that's a detail surprise for sure. Take anyone by surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just like to, I'd like to test people's idea of what they believe is possible because I, when I was talking to my other friend about this, she said it, it, she reacted by just saying, I'm not smart enough to do all of the, she's like started talking about physics and stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like such a detail and you are smart enough. It was just a belief she had that totally stopped her from even creating that as an impossibility. Um, so it's so interesting. Yeah. What else would you like? What else would you just dream with me for a minute? Like, what <laughs> would you have a house? I would get a lake house because growing up, I grew up literally every summer in Traverse City at my grandparents' house on a lake. For anyone who's never been to Traverse City, Michigan, very beautiful Mm -hmm. summer. Yes. I would have a lake house with jet skis, a speedboat, and just a lot of water stuff. How much money a year do you need to make? And don't feel like you're being greedy. Give me a real, like a genuine number that would make you comfortable enough to have all that and not worry. All of that? Yeah. I'd say 250. Can you do that in your, as a flight attendant, is there any way you could do that in your current profession while still living? No. Why not? There's not any. Um, Unless I became in management, like unless I became like, you know, either an instructor or 
you know, worked at the corporate level. Um, and then you wouldn't like it anymore, right? Yeah. Then I would just, cause I mean, I, I do, I, I could see myself moving up, like being, being an instructor, but management, I just don't see myself. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to break your beliefs. Like what if you could do the flight attendant thing and still make money? So for anyone, I just want, I'm, I'm being very picky on this because no, I, I, when I was working at the psych hospital, I was making eight, $17 an hour as a mental health technician. So I started making TikTok videos and I ended up making $1,500 on the TikTok videos I was making in addition to my income. So like if I would have kept that up, I stopped doing those videos how I was, but if I would have kept that up and had an old online presence, like there's nurses right now on YouTube who have millions of followers and I know they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars extra on their income. They must be supplementing their income with that following. There's no way they can't be. No. So it's interesting because mm-hmm. there there's a guy on TikTok named Nurse Blake and he has 700, 800,000 followers now. And one of my nurse friends said, you should watch him and stuff, but I know he's making money on his videos. So like mm-hmm. you could be a flight attendant, make $250,000 a year and have a lake house at Traverse City. It's just something that's possible, right? Mm-hmm. So I like to shake up the beliefs while I'm, oh, for sure. while I'm doing this. <laughs> All right, guys. So this has been so lovely. We are going to wrap up. Um, I want Jack just to say anything that would help anybody through their life. If anyone's considering a career in flight attendant or rec therapy or any advice he has for anyone. Yes. So something that I will say is if you ever want to change careers, do it, especially when you're young, because I was, of course, this is another thing. Do it whenever. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. No, like, cause I was nervous to become a flight attendant because literally I went to college. I went into debt, you know, I've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars going to CMU. And then I, one day I just decided, you know what, I'm going to completely change my life and become a flight attendant because this is what I love to do. And it's been the best thing I've ever chosen. It's so inspiring because he did have a stable job in his field that he went Mm -hmm. to school for. Yep. I, I could have kept this job for, for 30 years, for the next 30 years. This, this could have been, you uh-huh. know, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people at the hospital that did that. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's so interesting. Not that that's the wrong choice or the right choice, but listen, he got an 11 out of 10 on the meaning scale for a flight attendant. <laughs> Who would have thought he would have found something more meaningful than, you know, a rec therapy job like that. So it's very important. If you have a, a gut feeling or a call to action, you should take it. Yes. Um, cool. Any advice for anybody going through some hard times and trying to find out what they should do with their life? Uh, talk to someone that you trust, you know, whether that's a parent, a uh, counselor, Me. uh, I would Andrew. love to do some one-on-one <laughs> coaching with you. Who's a, who's a life coach now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, just talk to someone. Cause like how I basically, how I thought of being a flight attendant was, it was my mom's boss who I've never met in my life. Literally have just listened to my mom and her like talk on the phone. And one time I just, or she wanted to talk to me and I was like, okay, I've never met this person, but, and I told her like, you know, yeah, I'm thinking about, I, I really want to be a flight attendant, da da the da, but I just don't know. And she was the one who really pushed me, who was just like, no, you need to do it. Like you should do this right now. She was actually, um, she actually worked at the hospital we worked at. Really? Mm-hmm. What'd she do? She was a nurse manager on kids unit How cool. like back in 2000, early 2000s. Why do you think she pushed you? Uh, because she saw how passionate, literally I talked to her for like 30 minutes of why I loved being a flight attendant. Like I didn't even let her speak because I was just like, oh my gosh, I could fly. I love flying, da 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 da. And then she was just like, well, you should just do it. Cool. And she sounds like a smart woman. Yes. You could actually see when someone's passionate and advise them towards that direction. <laughs> So cool. So just to finish up, where do you see yourself in 20 years? 
20 years, I could see myself uh, either being a full-time instructor, um, teaching other flight attendants. What um, do you think you'd be making? I think that I'll be making a lot more, um, like possibly in the 70, 80,000 range. Okay. If I, you know, the more I work as an instructor and everything and you still know. no 250 though. Still not 250. I'll help you with that. <laughs> I really think it's possible. I, I know it's possible actually. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. On. Thank you for having me. Thanks. This was lovely. Hopefully this information, I know it will help a lot of people because this is two very common jobs that people don't know anything about. For sure. <clears throat> Everyone have a great day. Thanks for coming on. Bye. All right, guys. After listening to that episode on the uh, the editing, I feel like I owe my friend Jack an apology, but I kind of threw some life coaching at him a little bit. want to shake up those beliefs about what is possible, you guys. You don't have to be in some kind of stellar career job or like, you know what I mean by stellar, like uncommon or, oh my gosh, I own like a billion dollar space program company or something to live an extraordinary life. Jack put the meaning scale on 11 out of 10 on a job that really anybody could do. Um, and also, I'm going to keep shaking up his beliefs about what is possible financially because I want him to have that dang cabin with those freaking jet skis. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I'm so happy you came to this one and hopefully you got something valuable out of it. So thank you all. Love you all. Have a good day and I'll talk to you next week.